Welcome to church. There's a showward assembly, an exciting congregation of God's people, under the pastoral care of Dr. Dennis Eng and his amiable wife, Pastor I.T. Our mission is to raise champions who are passionate for God, winning in life and changing the world. Our vision is to be a growing community of worshippers and ministers from every tribe and tongue, taking the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever we go. Showward, raising champions. Please, everyone, if you're sitting, if you can stand, please stand. If you can stand, please stand. If you cannot, maybe for reasons of ill health, you can sit or you're pregnant. But if you can stand, please stand. I want us to read this scripture together. Jude chapter 1. As a matter of fact, it has only one chapter. I want us to read from 1 to the end. I'm going to read chapter 1. You read chapter 2. Read chapter 3. You read chapter 4. That way till we get to the end. Are you ready? Jude, a born servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ. Can you read two? Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for us delivered to the saints. to remind you though you once knew these that the Lord having saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterward destroyed those who did not believe as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, flesh as set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Yet Michael, the archangel, in contending with the devil, whom when he disputed about the body of Moses, did not bring against him. A reviling accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, have run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. Raging waves of the sea foaming up 
their own shame. Wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. To execute judgment on all. To convict all who are ungodly among them. Of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly man, ungodly way. And of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. beloved remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ these are sensual persons who cause divisions not having the spirit yourselves in the love of God looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. But others save with fear pulling them out of the fire hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forevermore and the church said Amen. celebrate Jesus and please take your seats I don't know how many of us have read the book of Jude recently not one of those very popular Bible passages you like to read um, for some verse 20 is probably the most popular for them but the one that is my most favorite is verse 24 now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy and this is amazing. <clears throat> if you have not noticed this before, please take note of this. If you are reading a Bible, you can mark. Please mark this. This is a scripture you need to commit to heart. It will give you a lot of assurance, a lot of stability in the faith. Are you with me? To God, who is able to keep you from stumbling. Now translation says to keep you from falling. God is able to keep you. He saved you and he can keep you. Not only can he keep you, he will keep you. <laughs> Glory to God. God is able to preserve you. God is able to keep you. Bible says if you go from the to the right, if you go to the right or to the left, you hear a voice from behind you saying, here is the path, here is the way, walk in it. Jesus said to the Father, as many as you have given to me, 
they are in my hands and nothing shall take them away from my hand and I'll present them on the last day. God is able to keep you. Come on, is somebody hearing what I'm saying? He said, none can take them away from my hand and I'll present them. In fact, in one of that instance, he said, none of them is lost except the son of perdition and you're not one of them. None of them. So, I have the confidence that my God is able to keep me from falling. He's able to keep me from stumbling. He's able to keep me from derailing. He's able to keep me from going astray. Isn't that good news? Please hold that dear, particularly against the backdrop of the things I'm going to be teaching today. Glory to God. God is able to keep you from falling. But not only that, he's able to present you faultless. Able to present you spotless. Able to present you to himself at the end without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. That's what the Bible says, isn't it? And God is able to do that. Verse 3, please. Verse 3. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation. Amen? Now, what does this mean? It does not mean that our salvation is of low grade, of low degree, or useless. It simply means that it is a salvation we share collectively. It's a salvation we can all identify with. Are you with me? Salvation is common to every man. Nobody that is in Christ who has not experienced salvation. Until you are saved, you cannot become a member of God's family. And there is no special salvation. All salvation are the same. The experience is the same for the rich, for the poor, for the educated, for the uneducated, for the big, for the small, everyone gets saved the same way. Are you with me? Everyone. We get saved when we come to the knowledge and accept the fact that we are sinners. We have offended God Every man has gone after his own ways, living against the will of God and deserving of damnation, punishment, deserving of destruction, deserving to die. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Every man that sin shall die. That's what scripture says. That is the righteous judgment of a righteous God. But when we recognize that we are guilty, but that that punishment has been settled by Christ Jesus, who took our place, paid for our sins, and shed his blood for us, so that by faith in him, we will be declared righteous, we will be justified. We will be accepted by God. Beloved, that is what you call salvation. Every man needs to accept that Jesus died for him 
and appropriate the blood of Christ for the forgiveness of his sins. No matter how good a man you are, no matter how unblemished a woman you are, until you do that, you're not saved. You may be a good man, but you're not saved. You may be a wonderful woman, you have never done anything wrong before, but until you do what I have just said, you're not saved. So that salvation is what is common to us. But when you're saved, remember, the basis of that salvation is faith in Christ Jesus in what he has done for you and the Bible says for by grace are we say Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 for by grace are we saved through faith it is the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast verse 9 by grace are we saved what does that mean? That Jesus came, he became, as it were, seen for you, that you might be made the righteousness of God. He went to the cross on your behalf to pay for your sins. And then, so that if you believe in him, by the grace of what he has done, by virtue of what he has done, you would be justified. Grace is that you are saved not by what you do, but by what Jesus has done. And you receive forgiveness free of charge. Is somebody still here? Glory to God. You're saved because of what you believe. That is why we call the Christian faith we call what we're doing the Christian faith, not the Christian religion. Religion is predicated on a set of laws. But our own faith in God is what gives us access to God. But the Bible says there are many people that are out to corrupt what we have received as faith in God. And because of that, a Jude here says we should contend not just contend but earnestly what does it mean to contend for the faith to fight for what you believe to fight for your understanding of what God has done for you so you need to fight you need to contend very earnestly very seriously for what you believe can someone say hallelujah verse 4 of Jude chapter 1 verse 4 verse 4 for certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation what kind of men are these Bible calls them ungodly men men that don't know God men that have no relationship with God who turn the grace of our Lord God into lewdness 
What is lewdness? Lewdness is maybe a word I would call is dirtiness. Sexual impurity. Immorality. I think it's the King James Version that uses the word lasciviousness. You know, sometimes you read the Bible and you find big words and you just move on. You don't bother to check the dictionary. What does lasciviousness mean? If I ask you today, what is lasciviousness? Say, Pastor, well, I, I don't know. I've not checked. So today you are going to know what that means. They turn the grace of God, good as it is, that grace that saved us, into lewdness, sexual impurity, into lasciviousness. Another word that can be used for it is licentiousness. Licentiousness is revealing of the meaning of lasciviousness. It is a license to immorality. License. So, the Bible says some men have come into your midst unnoticed because the gospel is that Jesus came and became a fulfillment of the law. Jesus came and then shed his blood for you so that by faith, simple faith in what he has done, you are saved. And you are saved not because of what you do, but because of what he has done. That is what the grace of God is about. But that these men have come in on notice and they have stretched that truth. They have told you. That means that it's okay. You can live anyhow you like. You can do whatever you want because the grace of God has absolved you of every responsibility. After all, you are saved not because of anything you have done. That means that as a matter of fact, whether you live one way or another, you're saved. That gospel is not of God. That gospel is an irresponsible gospel. An irresponsible gospel will take you to hell. Will drive you away from God. Beloved, the grace of God is not a license to sin. The grace of God is not a license to immorality. The grace of God is not a license to live carelessly. Is somebody still here? Grace releases us from the law and gives us liberty, right? Unfortunately, the problem is that men do not know how to manage liberty. Men do not know, even today, generally. In Nigeria today, even as Nigerians, we don't know how to manage liberty. Do you agree with me? If the police is not at the junction, very soon there will be traffic jam. Yes. You agree with me? Yes, the moment a soldier shows up, in five minutes the traffic will break and we start to pass. Because somehow our minds are conditioned to only respect the law when there is enforcement. That is why men abuse liberty. We have not only abused liberty in the world, we have taken the abuse of liberty to scripture. Yes. That is why Paul said, do not use your liberty as an occasion to sin. 
the fact that you are free does not mean you should go sin because of liberty. Can I say this to you? We are not saved by keeping the law. We are not saved because we don't lie, we don't cheat, we don't commit fornication, we don't commit adultery, but you are not saved to commit them. I don't think you heard what I just said. Jesus said he did not come to abolish the law. It means those injunctions which were actually part of the law and people kept it by compulsion. God wants you to keep it by volition. I don't think you heard what I just said. In other words, you would know this is the right path for me to go. That is the difference between children and adults. As an adult, you should know what is right and wrong and do what is right not because anybody is standing behind you with a cane. But some adults are behaving like children. So they abuse the grace of God. These men come in and tell you, no problem. Do oh, Come on, I heard the other story. <laughs> Someone said, when you are born again, it does not matter what you do, it's not a sin doesn't matter and what is the scripture see you can always take a scripture and support your evil make a doctrine out of your weakness because you don't want to repent the Bible says he that is of God does not sin because the seed of God is in him The seed of God is in him. When you read a good translation, it will show you that what it means is he that is born of God does not make a practice of sinning because the seed of God is in him. In other words, what is in you will restrain you. Is somebody hearing what I'm teaching? Will restrain you. So if you fall, it will tell you, get up. Don't lie there. If you fall into the gutter, get up because you're not a pig. Come out. And begin to live clean. So when they pervert that scripture, it doesn't matter what you do, it's not a sin. Beloved, that's the height of deception. That's an abuse of the grace of God. I think a man that admits he's wrong has more hope than the one that thinks he's right, even when he's wrong. Did you hear what I just said? I will have a lot more respect for someone that says, I need help, I think I'm wrong here, than the one that tries to justify his wrong, his evil. Someone said to another brother, Say, those of you that repent, do something and you repent before God, you don't even know you are at the lower level of Christianity. Bible says, Blessed is the man on whom God imputes no unrighteousness. <laughs> so, whatever I do is not imputed. I can steal, it's not imputed. I can commit adultery. I can commit fornication. It's not imputed. Perversion of scripture. Please listen to this. You see, the, the whole essence of your salvation is not about going to heaven. It's about reflecting Christ on earth. 
Today in the discipleship class, we, we talked about that. How your character must be a reflection of your master. You cannot do that if you're giving those excuses and abusing the grace of God. Is somebody in church? Are, are you listening to me? Men have crept in unawares. And please listen to this. The danger the church faces is not from outside. It's from inside. No Christian will accept a doctrine from a native doctor. No Christian will accept, accept a doctrine from an imam. But a Christian will accept a doctrine from an apostle. From a prophet. Are you with me? Because you believe this is the man of God. So when Satan wants to deceive you, he puts deception in the mouth of a prophet for you. That's what he does. Satan does not waylay you in the night club. He knows you won't go there. He prepares deception for you in the church. So he sends a false prophet to you who will prophesy deception and because you're in the church, because that's a man of God, because he has a good title, because he has a big congregation, you will accept it. So you have people with a lot of followership. Please listen. That is why if Facebook is your church, you're in trouble. If you're pastored by Facebook, you will derail. A lot of these fantastic Facebook preachers are ungodly men. They are out to turn the grace of God into lewdness, into lasciviousness, into licentiousness, into immorality. The grace of God is perverted by these men. And you don't know them. You are among his one million followers. Some of them don't have a congregation. What anything. But they have Facebook congregation. And they become very powerful. Beloved, please be careful. Come on, tell your neighbor, be careful. Shake your neighbor and say, be careful. <laughs> if anybody tells you the grace of God is a license to do anything, that person is a false prophet. That person is ungodly. Please, are you with me? That person is ungodly. Contend for the faith. Contend for the faith. Stand on what you believe is right. Don't be confused. Don't be deceived. Contend very earnestly for the faith that was delivered to the saints. Can someone say hallelujah? Can someone shout hallelujah? Hallelujah. Creeping unawares. That's why we must be vigilant. Because they come in on notice. When they come in on notice, you will assume everything is fine when everything is not fine. I pray that God will give us wisdom. In the mighty name of Jesus. They come in and what do they do? To turn the grace of God into something which is not. Some, some, some years ago there was a woman that called me the son started coming here and she she came to our midweek service while we we're in the main hall 
and loved what I preached. Was very excited. Contributed a lot to that service. Then later, she was living in the east. Her son is a businessman living at Amuo. So she got my number and called me. I said, man of God, I, I love your church. I want to ask your, my son to start attending your church. I said, yes, that would be nice, mommy. He said, but I have a question for you. Do you preach hypergrace? Hypergrace. Say, do you preach hypergrace? So I said, Mommy, I don't even know what that is. He said, Oh, that's fine. If you don't know it, then, then that's, that's okay. That means you don't preach it. I said, I don't know what hypergrace is. So I asked her, What is hypergrace? He said, That grace that tells you that you, you cannot do anything wrong. The grace of God covers everything, both the one you have done and the one you plan to do. So I said, Mommy, I don't yet have that revelation. <laughs> uh, those people have gone very far. I'm still a boy of God in this regard. I would like to stay with the primary thing that has kept me in the faith for over 40 years. Beloved, contend for the faith. That's why Paul said, don't allow people corrupt the simplicity of God's word. There are many people with a lot of Greek and Hebrew who are leading you astray. Don't be led astray by Greek and Hebrew. If you can't understand English, how can you understand Greek? And that's what they used to deceive you. Say to the man, please show me in English. I don't, I, I'm not a Greek. I'm not a Hebrew. <laughs> say, hey, if you read the original. I say, no, I don't want the original. Let me read the one that is handed down to me. The original shows that you can't sin. I said, please, I don't want the original. Are you still here? Verse 8. Say, so these guys, likewise, these dreamers, call them dreamers, defile the flesh. Earlier on, they talk about the fact that, I mean, I think it's later, talked about Sodom and Gomorrah, and, and, and they talk about how they actually went after strange flesh. You know what strange flesh is? It's same-sex relationship. Today we live in a world that glamorizes homosexuality. In fact, in some places, unless you're gay, then you're not right. We, are coming to, we have come to a point where for you to condemn gay relationship, they will call you a bigot. But we must not allow people to corrupt that simple faith we have received from God. Please, is somebody hearing what I'm saying now? We must not allow people to corrupt that. They defile the flesh, reject authority. Speak evil of dignities. They are rebellious people. Rebellious. They tell you, wow, how can you go to church? There is no church. No pastor. That is why, please, if Facebook is the one you're listening to, I think you better tune off. Because he's soon going to take you to where you don't want to go. Beloved, what you believe about the grace of God is so critical. It will define how you live. If you believe that the grace of God gives you unrestricted liberty, a license to do whatever you like, it will also be seen very soon in the kind of things you do and the things you, you practice. Please, are you with me? If you believe so. But if you believe that the grace of God is the power of God that is available to you to change it will also show 
Come on. Did, did you hear what I just said? If the grace of God is not a license to sin, what is the grace of God? The grace of God is God's ability that is made available to you to become better. To become a child of God. To become the righteousness of God. To live in holiness. That's the grace of God. That ability to do and become what you cannot by your natural effort, that is the grace of God. Is somebody hear what I'm saying now? If you used to be a liar, grace of God can help you to stop lying. The grace of God is not God's ability to overcome or cover lies. It's the ability for you to overcome the lie. Is somebody hear what I'm saying now? You're not going to cover your stinking lifestyle with the grace of God. The grace will help you overcome it and clean it up. Is somebody hearing what I'm teaching? So what do you believe about the grace of God is so, so important. It's so important. You can say, well, I'm going to overcome this habit by the grace of God. So even if you stumble and fall, you hold on to God and say, I'm not letting go. I'm going to overcome. Because the grace of God is available. Not it doesn't matter. Grace covers me. What you believe is so important. Please, is somebody hear what I'm saying? Don't believe the wrong thing. It can destroy you. Our life moves in the direction of our belief. So believe right and you live right. I'm going to just read two scriptures and then I'll close. What is heresy? Have you ever heard the word heresy? Heresy is not deception. Not necessarily. Heresy is actually overstretching the truth. Some, some, some heresy can be deception, but largely a lot of heresies. Particularly when it gets to doctrine. It's stretching the truth. Please, are you with me? And anything that is too much becomes negative. Anything that is too much. The Bible says don't be righteous over much. Have you read that before? You know what that means? There are people that are, they become so spirit, they can't even relate with people. That is too much. <laughs> Some people are so spirit, if you greet them good morning, they answer in tongues. Rosso <laughs> Tobra. I don't understand. You go to the market, you buy one to buy Gary in tongues. Naku soto brani katata. That is too much. <laughs> Are you with me? Anything that is too much is even food is a good thing. Right? When we go back, we are going to have lunch. But if you eat too much, you become sick. Even good a thing as food is. So you can't eat too much. You can't drink too much. Even if you drink Fanta, not alcohol, too much of it can kill you. Oh, come on, is somebody here what I'm saying now? Too much of anything. Too much. Life is for moderation. Don't do too much of anything. Stay on the middle lane. And you're going to live sensibly and wisely. Is somebody hearing what I'm teaching now? Glory to God. Too much. So grace is a good thing. Are you with me? The truth is that none of us will ever go to heaven by our works. 
nobody can stand justified by God because of being able to keep away from XYZ. No. That is the truth. The truth of the matter is that our relationship with God is not predicated on what we've been able to do to impress him. You can't impress God by anything you do or don't do. He loves you and that is QED. But you push that a little beyond that and sit down. It means that it doesn't matter what you do. You have gone too far. You understand what I'm saying now? So if God does not accept me based on what I do, that means I can do anything. And it does not matter. That's gone too far. That's gone too far. I love my son. I have accepted him totally, completely. Nothing he does will make him to change. But that does not mean he should burn down my house. He doesn't have to break my car. Ah, do I make sense to you? That's irresponsible. He will not be behaving like a son. He'll be behaving like a rascal. I will ask him, is my blood not running in your vein? <laughs> Are we still here? <laughs> this thing is sweating me, but I think I should round up. I love this. Is someone blessed like I am? If you're not blessed, it's the devil. You must be blessed in Jesus' name. <laughs> because this is gospel. This is good news for you. Come on, is, is, is someone hearing what I'm saying? Anybody that is preaching anything different from what I'm from is preaching another gospel. Another gospel. I can tell you the grace of God is real. It's real. See, whenever I, I one of those days I was talking to my wife about this and I said why a lot of grace preachers are put on the defensive is because when you preach the true adult, unadulterated grace of God it seems like you're licensing people to do wrong that's the way it seems when you tell a man that it's not what you do that has saved you and it is not what you do that is going to take you to heaven it seems like you're telling the man go ahead and do whatever you like When, they, when you tell a man that God loves you regardless of the imperfections and the mistakes and the wrong tendencies that you have it seems like you're going to tell him oh go ahead when you tell a man that that scripture that oh your seed has separated you from God that is not a New Testament scripture that even if you've done something wrong God has not disowned you it seems like you're telling the man go ahead and do something wrong but that's not true that's not true i started by showing to you that god is able to keep you but does that mean now that go ahead and commit anything you like god is able to keep you you'll be getting it wrong you'll be getting it wrong that's why when paul was teaching in fact at some point paul said that people have accused us of actually telling people to break the law and live carelessly but that's not what he was teaching when you read Romans, read chapter 4, read chapter 5, he makes an argument that you cannot be saved by your works, by anything you do. And then in chapter 6, he got sober. Let's read chapter 6. Let me read some chapters for you, some verses for you. 
Romans, please. Chapter 6. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. What shall we say then? If we are talking grace, if we are saying that Christ is the one that has saved you, and just by believing in him, you are justified, you are made righteous, it's not by your works. Shall then we continue in sin? Shall we say, what shall we say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. God forbid. Another translation says, How shall we who died to sin live any longer in sin? We are dead. Of course not. Come on. Certainly not. What are you doing, please? Give me verse 3. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ, Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were baptized with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. We should walk what? In newness of life, not the old life. So grace changes your life. Are you with me? Grace is not an excuse to live in the old life. Grace gives you a new kind of life which you live by the grace of God. Verse 5. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man, that old man sin nature that we had was crucified with Jesus that the body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin you know people that are slaves to sin ah, hey I don't know I, every time I try I fail every time I try I have even made every year I make new year resolution I won't commit I will still commit that is slavery are you with me Slavery. You have become so much good at lying that you lie and you don't even remember it. You, you lie. Now, you can lie so effortlessly. You don't think to lie again. It's automated. It's generated from inside. And follow come. Say follow come. No, no. This one is not follow come. This one is that you have become such a specialist that you don't you lie effortlessly. In fact, you are so good at it that when people want people to lie, they come to hire you. That's the old man crucified. But you have become slaves. May that not be your story. Give me the next verse. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Nine. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Eleven. Likewise, you also reckon yourself to be dead, indeed, to sin. But alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. Don't let sin reign 
in your human body. Next verse. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness. Your mouth as instruments of righteousness. Your tongue, your leg, your hands, your feet, every part of you as instruments of righteousness. Come on, are you with me? For sin shall not have dominion over you. Can you say sin shall not have dominion over me? Say it again, sin shall not have dominion over me. Declared sin shall not have dominion over me. For I am under, I'm not under the law, but under grace. Say it. For I'm not under the law, but under grace. Sin shall not have dominion over me. For I'm not under the law, but under grace. Say it again. Sin shall not have dominion over me. For I'm not under the law, but under grace. Titus chapter 2. Let me read 11 and 12. That's actually the scripture. I was looking for but I opened to chapter 1. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. To how many men? Next verse. Teaching us that. Denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. We should live soberly. We should live righteously. And we should live godly. Not in the world to come. But in this present age. Amen. That's the lesson we learned from grace. So grace does not encourage us to live unrighteously. Grace does not teach us to live immorally. Grace does not encourage licentiousness, lewdness, immorality. Don't use the grace of God to excuse it. But rather commit yourself to the transformation that comes by the grace of God. I pray that God will help us. Stand on your feet and let's pray. Showword Assembly is a Bible teaching ministry operating at different locations. Every Sunday by 9 a.m., we experience supernatural encounter with God as we worship Him and drink from the fountain of His Word. Every Thursday, we meet at 6 p.m. for teaching, prayer, and breaking of bread. If you need a church that will equip you to grow in the faith, empower you to succeed in life, and give you a platform to serve the Lord, welcome to Shoreward Assembly. To learn more about us, visit shorewordassembly.org. Remember, with God, all things are possible. So expect a miracle today. And when you're coming for the next service, bring a friend along. Shoreward, raising champions.